0: All right, David, that's it, man. That was our MEV episode. Those panelists, those are big brain people. 180 (laughs) IQ plus people, like really smart, Uh, hard Mm -hmm. to keep up with at times. Mm -hmm. But also I I found it very clear. Their explanations were also like very clear. So that Mm -hmm. was a helpful episode. Um, Quick context. We originally planned this as a State of the Nation episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were some issues, both uh, Georgios And Charlie worked at a fund. There's some compliance issues. He just needed to get it reviewed Mm -hmm. extra time. That's why we dropped it on a Monday instead of a State of the Nation episode. But I I think that turned out fine too. Um, Anyway, what what are some of your takeaway thoughts? By the way, this is why we're recording the debrief, Mm -hmm. I guess, a day after, a couple days after we we recorded the episode. So it's not totally fresh in our minds. But um, what are your thoughts on the back of this one?
1: Yeah, my thoughts are uh, related to the intro, actually, but like, we need to have more conversations around MEV. Um, Like I said, the best thing that you and I can do is really talk about it more, uh, just because more people need to understand it and wrap their heads around it. uh, And just more Maybe maybe funding or more attention or just more needs to go why? into the subject of MEV. Um, why is this well, so a, a it's really interesting, and in in the future world where after we solve MEV, and the reason why I think that we can solve MEV is because humans are ultimately good at coordinating over the long term. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like the story needs to be documented because I think it's going to become like a testament of just what happens when humans. Coordinate around shared values and goals, right? Um, you know, what are the Diane, stakes
0: if we don't solve
1: this, David? Right. This the the stakes of not solving MEV are blockchains that don't finalize, um, and so that just upends everything, right? Like all of a sudden we need central, we need to return back to centralization so we can get finality. Uh, if if the Ethereum blockchain is always like rolling back to go back to like, for example, we just had this crazy dip. Um, gas fees were up to like 17 or 1,800 GUE, right? And like on typical basal level, like if I go check the gas fees right now, it's something closer to 118. That means there's over, there's like 15 times more rewards per block during the dip time than like basal level Ethereum blockchain, right? Which means, and say, and... And gas fees have only gone up. Like Black Thursday, we saw like 300 to 400 GUE. Uh, and that was mind-blowing. Now we're mm-hmm. seeing 1,700 GUE. Like what happens when Ethereum is actually straight up the economy? And like the, ba- the base layer of Ethereum is doing like three three 30,000 GUE like transactions right there's so much value in that brief moment of time that the remaining the next blocks just will never ever compete and all of a sudden if there's going to be so much competition to reorder the world reorder the past redefine what history is according to the blockchain um and according to the blockchain, if it's on the blockchain, it's the truth. That's how we, that's how we leverage these things. And so if there's ever some like market volati- volatility event, people literally just won't know the state of the world until things settle and clear. And the larger of the volatility event, the longer the time it takes for us to come to know what the truth of things actually is. And so like, imagine some like future crazy world where everything is on Ethereum. Some crazy market volatility happens. Everyone is trying to figure out what the fuck just happened. And we actually don't know for weeks, months, like, and then then it keeps on
0: going. Like, who knows? That's what's at stake. It's a breakdown of the truth engine here. So it's like, so I I see another thing that that's at stake, like like even more abstractly, when I think about decentralization, like what is decentralization? And to me, the value of decentralization, because it's less efficient in a whole bunch of other ways. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's a less efficient coordination technology. Centralization is always going to be more efficient. Like an autocracy mm-hmm. is going to be more efficient than a messy old democracy, right? right. But like, why decentralization? Like anti-corruption—that's mm-hmm. the word. You, you're you're preserving the integrity of the system. You're making it less corruptible by large concentrated forces of power. Right. Like that, like back to we always talk about the, the Constitution of the US uh, being like a protocol, right? Separation of powers, decentralization, in order for the Republic to not become as corruptible. Like you can argue their, their corruption has seeped in in lots of ways, despite the originators, the founding fathers, and their efforts to kind of keep mm-hmm. it out. Right. That's that same sort of corruption. Uh, could happen with something like Ethereum, okay? And it's because there's a chink in the armor. So let's say we create a system on Bitcoin and Ethereum where there's no ability to corrupt the issuance of the asset, okay? Like checkmark that that's one thing. But we have this chink in the armor in that large, powerful, uh, large power structures may gain the ability. To reorder in an unfair way, in a, a non credibly neutral way, to whatever bias they have, um, the order of transactions on the network. That is a chink in the armor because what it results in is a, a corrupting force. You don't know if you submit a transaction for sure whether it's going to go through, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. you haven't bribed the right people, right? right? Or like, maybe uh, some other power structure has taken hold in the system and wants to censor your transaction because it views you as a threat, as a competitor, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what's at stake here. It's a chink in the armor of these these decentralized systems that we don't have credibly neutral transaction ordering. And it seems like Mm -hmm. it's funny because David, it seems like such a small thing. And in, in Phil's comment, he's like two years ago, this was theoretical people didn't even believe but like it's growing it's Mm -hmm. growing fast so the chink in the armor is becoming more obvious and if we don't solve it we allow this corruption to sort Mm -hmm. of seep in to the rest of the body and infiltrate and we get a system that maybe has some improvements but is not like worst case scenario is not is not all that more decentralized than the legacy systems that we have in place So here's an
1: articulation as to why I call this like a universal, like existential topic of conversation because we talk about, you know, Bitcoin is this uncorruptible monetary policy. Ether is this uncorruptible system built on decentralization. And also Ether, the asset has, you know, according to, you know, the Ethereans side of things, very also very uncorruptible, very like credibly neutral monetary policy. And that's why these things have a ton of value, right? Like legitimacy is the reason why Bitcoin has value. Legitimacy is the thing that is why Ether has value, credible neutrality. And that makes people really, really want it. And that's what creates the corruption. That's what creates the MEV. Because people want ether so badly, because it's such a desirable asset to have, the desire to reorder transactions and control what's going on, that's where the incentive comes from. It comes, the uh, incentive to corrupt the system comes from how legitimate it is. It is literally Moloch being created. Moloch, the god of human coordination failure, the god of like why we can't have nice things the power that is moloch is equal to the power that is good in ether the asset ether the asset is good and therefore moloch is equally as bad because the the incentive for moloch to exist comes from how desirable ether the asset is and how legitimate ether the asset is so it's it's an existential relationship between and this is this is why mev is happening right now right after defi summer right when gas fees started to really jump and where ether got to become really really valuable the problem of MEV tags along with it because it grows off of the wake of the success of these systems. And so we are always like while we are walking towards success and this better financial like better financial future, we are creating an equal and opposite pull of corruption in the other direction.
0: And that is like that is the MEV yeah, problem. The bigger the the economy, the like the bigger target you put. on on your back and a bigger target on the back of Ethereum, right? And Mm -hmm. um, we're we're starting to see the Ethereum economy grow so big that that target is just getting bigger and bigger. You know, another thing I think, I feel like David, I have to listen to this episode again to think about this I have to at least one more time, if not multiple. At least. Yeah. And we haven't, right? Like I feel like, um, but, but so this one question I raised, which the panel had a really interesting answer to that I, I wasn't quite ready to fully unpack or understand in my mind. And that, that was the question of um, whether the MEV problem, to what extent the MEV problem exists in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked to Phil Diane about the the GameStop example, right? And that, that's kind of an example of transaction ordering MEV, right? But uh, Charlie's answer to this was kind of different in a way, right? Like, because he said, well, it does exist in the real world, but also it's not an apples to apples comparison mm. because in the real world you have nation state, you have Leviathan, right? right? That is you ultimately, <laughs> you have centralization. You have, you have Leviathan that is, that is ultimately um, saying that, yeah, like if you Coinbase reorder mm-hmm. transactions, Right. Like no. regulators will no, come no, no. get you right and get throw you in jail. You can't do right. that. Right. Right. It's power of the nation state that is protecting mm-hmm. some of these legacy systems. So Charlie's like, which works, like, it works, it mm-hmm. works. And Charlie, so it's, he's like, it's not quite an apples to apples comparison right. because you have the power of the nation state mm-hmm. through regulators, through jail sentences, through, through legal system, essentially punishing These actors and keeping them in line and this thing over here that we're trying to do is we're trying to build this crazy experiment. We're trying Mm -hmm. to do all of this or as much as possible without nation state, which makes the MEV problem, maybe more pernicious, maybe more More expressive. More expressive, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is something that hadn't dawned on me, or right, like that articulation hadn't really dawned on me in quite that way. Is a great take. Right,
1: because the, the centralization of the nation state, like when we have this balloon that is basically Moloch, right, the M E V problem, and like we capture it in one area and it just pops out in a different area, there is no military in Ethereum to go and push that back down, right? Like yes. there is no threat. It just grows, and so the reason the way we have to stop it is with either cryptography or crypto economics and push it back down. And then it tends to like pop out elsewhere. Right. Like yeah. the, the threat of violence is really like the catch all be all is like, and well, no, like, you know, and that actually works. Well, it doesn't yeah, work in, it. in the world, in the world of crypto.
0: It's like new sec chair, Gary Gensler. One mm-hmm. thing, what's he going to do? I'm, I'm definitely going to look into the hedge funds and GameStop mm-hmm. and Robinhood. right? Like mm-hmm. that's nation state coming and saying, <laughs> Like, unapproved mev <laughs> right unapproved mev and like how much of this goes on without nation state ever catching wind of right. it or public right. not catching wind of it right like
1: or or senators front like being using... paid off right. senators right. being
0: part of the mev yeah, exactly right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right because they're immune right mm-hmm. yeah so like it's it's a i feel like it's it, it's ex- more expressive in crypto mm-hmm. Because crypto is, it's unleashed in crypto. It's unleashed because it's trying to do something harder, which is like, Mm -hmm. how do we solve some of these problems through pure crypto economic coordination rather than relying on raw incentives, big thick nation state infrastructure? It's how do we solve it with the carrot rather than the stick? Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, and the stick Mm -hmm. always being like violence, a gun. Yeah, a gun. A gun. At the right. end of the day, right? That at the at the bottom of the nation state is the violence Guns. layer. Is the threat The violence layer? I mean, it really is. But mm-hmm. I, this this goes to your article. What's that article you read about uh, Leviathan? Um, oh, um, called shit. What was that? That was like a year ago or something. I mean oh, that God. that's a great reference. Let me let me see if I can Google it. Leviathan up. and Bankless. Bankless. This is how we find it. Digital Leviathans. Stuff. Okay. Digital, literally called Leviathan. that. Wow. I can't even remember my own articles. Jesus. Um, this is a great article about that, right? Like just mm-hmm. kind of uh, comparing Bitcoin, Ethereum to the nation state. We also, ha- you also wrote some nation state articles, like the the Bankless Nation article series, mm-hmm. which is good. And also like Moloch, um, that podcast we did with Amin and Kevin Owaki mm-hmm. just ties right into this. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's, that's something to think about. Right. Like, is the experiment even possible to do this all without the -hmm. violence layer at the bottom? Mm -hmm. How much Um, of it can we do without that? I don't know. It's open question. Right. And that that
1: is the I think that is like the through line, one of the through lines of crypto, right? Like there's many different through lines of crypto and they all kind of dance around the same things. And and another articulation is like, well, how much can we actually remove violence from the world? um is like one of the big overarching conversations proof of work proof of stake these are violence removing systems um because the 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 base layer of the nation state is violence base layer of a bitcoin is proof of work base, base layer of ethereum is proof of stake proof of work and proof of stake are carrots violence is the stick and so like to what degree can we replace carrots of the
0: world with or sticks of the world with carrots exactly like, to me, that's a it's a noble goal like it's how can we goal. just it's a noble goal it's, it's a noble goal. The goal is how can we increase human coordination too, right? So right. there are some mm-hmm. elements where it's not about replacing nation state functions, but it's also mm-hmm. about like unlocking new coordination functions that weren't previously possible in in the nation state. Um, one other thing, I guess that like Phil, Phil Dian was a bit more Oh, he, he said uh, uh, cautiously optimistic about being able mm-hmm. to solve this right i'd greatly respect that opinion the other two panelists were maybe a bit more optimistic but mm-hmm. um the one thing that i was left with a sense of optimism is i don't think that this problem gets solved on ethereum layer one anytime soon at mm-hmm. all um it's probably where it manifests the worst Yes. I mean, I think fi- f- f- like the Flashbots project illuminates it. It sheds a mm-hmm. light on the dark forest. It's, like mm-hmm. that's all great and that's all helpful. Um, but the a new like ordering mechanism will not be implemented on layer one. But what Ethereum unlocks is like mass experimentation on layer two. And mm-hmm. I think we're about to enter. You know how we had like massive DeFi experimentation? And all of these DeFi protocols are now just like oh my god we can't even keep up there's like three mm-hmm. new ones a day right mm-hmm. like there used to be it used to be like here's the project for like the DeFi 5 Pro- project, project of the month the <laughs> yeah exactly you're like oh cool something's hey. <laughs> actually being built maybe now it just happens so rapidly you can't even keep up i think we might see the same level of experimentation in layer twos yeah and mm-hmm. that could be a really good thing because a layer two might actually start to solve that problem. And if they solve that problem, then they can say to the market, hey market, um, all of those other layer twos have inherited the MEV problem from Ethereum, but we've solved it. And don't you want to come to a more credibly neutral layer two that doesn't have, that has a fair mechanism Mm. for transaction Mm -hmm. ordering? And the market Mm -hmm. goes, yeah, that sounds great. And the market goes and moves to that layer two. And then other layer twos are like, hmm, we should do the same thing. And like we solve that like layer
1: two MEV solving competition. Yes. Exactly.
0: Mm. Right. And the pie competition is a always great, wins. Yeah. And it's and and the pie is is uh is big if you if you are the layer two right. to solve that. So right. it's kind of unleashing the the building innovation potential of humanity mm-hmm. to come solve this problem hopefully in layer two if it can be solved right
1: well we're about to see optimism uh, roll out we're about to see arbitrum roll out so not only is a bunch of it just general bankless l2 content about to happen uh maybe all we maybe we always ask the mev co- uh, uh, questions when when we talk to these uh, l2 teams
0: oh they definitely have answers right yeah. and like one one interesting area is arbitrum has a much different answer than uh, yes. optimism from right. what i've Mm glean so far and we should have them Mm -hmm. both on at some point but Mm -hmm. like um carl (laughs) carl Flores. (laughs) so my my tldr of optimism's approach is they're like yeah we'll make it transparent and we'll Mm -hmm. sell the mev off and the mev will go to public goods and my impression of arbitrum's approach is like what you're selling mev that's called a bribe sir that's it's instantiating corruption but they're sending it to
1: public good so no one can really complain but still corruptible surf, lots of corruptible surface
0: area It's an interesting so mm-hmm. again there's there's a sense like oh we've just squeezed the balloon to layer two right. and like right mm-hmm. uh, can it really be solved there so right mm-hmm. these early projects will be interesting to talk to you about MeV we should definitely bring that in every discussion.
1: Yeah. And on that note, if it just goes to public goods, like Gitcoin comes to mind and go tune in to the Gitcoin state of the nation coming out tomorrow on the <laughs> Bankless YouTube, because uh, it's going to be really hot. Alpha. And we'll, we'll maybe talk to Kevin Iwaki about uh, what the w- weight of responsibility is put on his shoulders as the the leader behind Gitcoin and, you know, generating uncorruptible systems. Uh, Kevin Awaki, very familiar with the concept of
0: corruption in Moloch and the responsibility of managing such things. Now that is some bankless debrief alpha leak, my friend. Make sure <laughs> you tune in into tomorrow's State of the Nation episode. Uh, anything else on this, man? Nothing for me. Guys, thanks for being a subscriber. This has been the debrief.